hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. And welcome to Season 5. Boom! Season 5! This is Episode 41. It's uh, the beautiful month of November, and we're looking mighty chilly outside. And he's even wearing a sweater. I am. I just bought this sweater yesterday. Sweater weather. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. That's about it. It's uh, the end of September as of recording, <laughs> and I'm starting to wear a sweater. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make a big big leap, and when we finally release this in seven weeks, in that time, um, it's gonna be colder, presumably. Uh, the heat just kicked on in my house. Hasn't uh, done that here yet. Ha- we we don't control our heat, and uh, we always call my cat like a like a like an old man. We're like, oh, he's such yeah. an old man. My wife texted me today and was like, so the heat just kicked on. Oh, oh, and I'm like, oh, okay. I know where Frankie is. So Frankie got out of bed, walked over to the heater, smelled it, walked to every single radiator in the apartment, smelled them, and then went and laid back down in bed. I was like, that's the most <laughs> old man thing I've ever heard. Um, but, uh, you know, it's great. As of release, we'll be moving into our second Innistrad set in a row, which is super spooky. Uh, very exciting. I'm excited. Me too. Uh, Midnight Hunt just released, and man, it's just beautiful. So today we thought we, I mean, last week, of as of recording, I'm going to say this a lot apparently, yeah. uh, was standard, uh, rotation, which... As commander player, as a, a legacy sixty card casual player, doesn't make a huge difference to me. And yet, somehow, it should. Oh, absolutely. And it's less so now than it used to be. Right. Um, I recall because every time there was a rotation in standard for the longest time, what it meant for casual players and commander players was. Remember all those cards you didn't want to buy because the standard format had made them ridiculously pricey? Well, now that they're rotating out, suddenly the prices on so many cards just plummet. And it was an opportunity for you to then go in, pick up some of the cards that you that you wanted to. Maybe you just had one of them and it was working really well for you and you thought, this should go in more decks. Or, or, or it was a card that you looked at and thought, Man, I really want to put that in a deck, but I'm not going to pay that kind of money. I mean, for me, Siege Rhino was the is the perfect example. I pictured three different decks for this card, uh, was ready and waiting for it to come out, and then discovered, oh, this is really good in standard too? Darn. <laughs> because it meant that the price of a Siege Rhino right. was ridiculous. I wasn't going to pay that. So I waited, and when it rotated out, it plummeted in price. It dropped, I don't know, 80% easy. Mm-hmm. And I picked up four copies. That's less so now. Um, standard doesn't drive the prices on cards the way it used to. Um, Probably because Commander is, I mean, the biggest format. Well, exactly. Magic so, has. Yeah, so if it's popular in Commander, it's, it's already, it's already up. jacked up in price. However... We decided we wanted to talk about some of the card, about this group of cards that are rotating out of standard. Um, maybe the price isn't dropping. Maybe you were happy with where the price was 
a year ago on mm. some of these cards. But I wanted to, to just go back. I mean, if for no other reason than to sort of remind us of cards that are just recently gone that may have slipped under your radar. Um, and now is the time. Yeah. Um, if Because the longer you wait, if these cards don't see a reprint, they're just going to start going up. They're, they will go up in value. So are in cost. Right. Like dollar value. Yeah. They're so still, you yeah. really are going to want to try and look at this. Um, a big thing I noticed when looking through the cards that were uh, rotating out of standard was that like some of them seem to be in dollar amount undervalued. Um, and I think the more, the further we get away from standard, uh, they will just fade into obscurity, even if they are even like right. nichely like good. Um, and I, I'm very excited for those cards. Um, I've got a few written here. I've got a few that are obvious uh, that we won't spend too much time on. Um, but we're just going to kind of go back and forth, talk about some cards as we do. Right. I will say, when I went looking, mm -hmm. I looked at cards that I didn't look at the price. So <laughs> the cards that I'm listing may very well have always been cheap from the beginning. Maybe they've always been expensive. Uh, but it was just, these are cards that are starting, you know, that are starting to develop a lifespan um, that beyond just simply now been released. They're now moving past that stage. So it's just just kind of a reminder of, you know, of what's out there and, and where we're at. So Yeah, and I think it's interesting too with that. Um, it's like because Commander and our casual 60 are right. eternal formats, um, these cards will always be playable unless they get banned, um, which, I mean, the this is, uh, since I've started Magic three years ago, three years ago, almost four years ago yeah. uh, at this point, this is the first standard rotation that, like, I've been like, wow, the power level of these cards rotating out of standard is significantly higher than previous rotations. Right. Um, the sets rotating out, Corset 2021, Throne of Eldraine, Theros Beyond Death, and... Ikoria. Ikoria, thank you. Um, two of which were released during the pandemic. One was released just before the pandemic. And then M21, which is a core set, so it's fine. But also had Ugin reprint, which... Ugh. hate that card. Glad I didn't. Uh, glad I crossed that one off my list. <laughs> so, Andy, you want to you want to get us started here? Yeah, I'm just going to quickly uh, rattle off the fact that uh, there are some really good duels in this uh, in in this rotation. That because they ended up being standard staples, uh, they will see a drop in price over a couple months mm -hmm. and then start to go back up. Um, We've got the Temples cycle, which had a reprint, uh, which seem, seemingly continue to get reprinted. So they'll generally be more uh, accessible. Yeah, the Temples um, were in M21 and in Theros, weren't they? Um, I, I don't they know. Were in two sets yeah, this time it around, sounds so. it sounds about right. It was probably but, like a complete cycle. Yeah, these are these are cards that have seen, you know, a number of main set printings now. Yeah. Um, um, the uh, the one that uh, 
the set that I'm particularly interested in are the triomes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're great. I think the idea you can search for that land type. Oh on yeah, three different car on three different colors. They've got the yeah the is, type line. Is, yeah, that's huge. Um, if you can get them at a reasonable price, get them. Just get them. Don't wait. Um, I, I'm sure that they will be reprinted at some point. I'm yeah. confident of that. But how long? And by the time they get reprinted, what's their price going to be? And yeah. how much? You know, how low are they going to go? So. I've always said real estate is your best <laughs> is your best buy, and I stick with that. Uh, yeah. Even as somebody who has pretty much every every dual land, you know, at least one copy of just about every dual land that's been printed. Right. Uh, I'm still picking these cards up. And uh, with this cycle of uh, three color lands, um, I mean, they're I mean they're relatively affordable currently they're hovering around 10 to 15 dollars each which like they're going to go up especially once what is it the 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 spring set um new capenna new capenna is probably gonna have the other half of the cycle um because it's gonna be demon families who are who occupy three color spaces okay Um, so uh you know I'm willing to buy land as long as it's under ten, uh, and mm. that's sort of been my my standard for a very long time. Probably should move that number up a little bit, but um, says the guy who has like original duels and well, says the guy who has original duels and some of them were actually purchased for ten. <sighs> so I've been playing a while. Andy, give me a card. Give you a card. Yeah, All right, a card. Um, a card. Uh, Fabled Passage. Uh, it's starting to get reprinted uh, throughout many product, but uh, it's a it's a better version of any sort of wow. What's it called? Uh, Terramorphic Expanse type. Yeah. Uh, cards. It's um, it's a land. Uh, it says tap and sack. Uh, search your library for a basic land. If you control four more lands, it comes into play untapped. Or no, it comes into play tapped. If you control four more lands at that point... Untap it. it. Yeah, you untap it. Um, which is a weird way to just say it comes in untapped, but it but, untaps after it enters. Yes. Um, which I'm sure if it was any other way, it would be broken. I'm not sure how. If somebody wants to explain that to me, great. Um why they decided to go very specifically with that wording um i love this card they recently had a uh like a promo printing for uh local game stores to hand out with you know big purchases and stuff yeah the wizards play network yeah uh, 2021 and i got two of them and it's in the old frame it's so good and it's foil and it's just Mm -hmm. i love it so much uh it really gives that 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 nice touch of of Eldraine, especially with the foiling being like yeah. all the yeah. fairy like. Simply put, uh, again, this is real estate. Buy real estate. Just just buy it. You can get these for as little as uh, I think five fifty or something along yeah. that lines for for a basic version. They were um, up there for a while. Um, yeah. So yeah, no. So fabled I, Passage. All right. Um, what's your first card? This one's a little different. Uh, Luminous Brood Moth. Oh, heck yeah. 
So Luna's Broodmoth is a 3-4 flying creature. It costs 4 mana. That's 2 white-white. Uh, it says, whenever a creature you control without flying dies, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control with a flying counter on it. There are so many things about this card that I <laughs> love. <laughs> One, recursion. So you can swing in with your, with your non-flying creature into... Anything. Yeah, where preferably into situations where you're going to trade one for one. Right. With the brood moth out there, there is a very good chance that your opponents will not block because they know they're just going to have to face it again the next turn, but then it flies. Um, There's all sorts of issues. Uh, This just makes your creatures and the possibility of creature combat so much better for you. Um, I think it's an out... I think this is just a... A card that can go in so many decks. Uh, oh yeah, I, it just yeah, there's just so many options for it, um, and none of this is even considering the idea that it's a flying counter. Mm. There are ways to move counters. There are ways to duplicate counters. There are ways to uh, take it, your yeah. pick. You can you can abuse this. You absolutely can. Um, the fact that it brings creatures back, all of your enter the battlefield triggers are hitting twice with this thing. It is just, it is so good, so yeah. good, uh, and you know, I, I think you're, I think it would be a great card. And honestly, I should have a bunch of these. Uh, I've got too many decks where <laughs> this could be really good. Yeah, I've got this in a uh, in in a historic brawl deck right now for mm-hmm. Luris of the Dream Den, which. I may talk about later um where uh if you have this out and you have uh what is it uh sir conrad so you're playing a black white deck yeah uh it sir conrad sees your creature die and then also leave your graveyard again so it's two triggers yes and it's amazing um great thing about this too is that if you are playing very few flying creatures um and somebody plays a board wipe it essentially nullifies the board wipe for your board. It actually improves your board state uh, because everything on your side will die. The Luminous Spirit Moth will trigger all of the other things except for itself because it flies. Uh, and uh, now your whole board flies and everybody else's stuff is dead. So it's either right. going to uh, convince your opponent not to wipe the board or <laughs> you're going to be way ahead. Mm-hmm. Um cool thing with this too is that if you give it uh the colossus hammer it loses flying uh and then if it dies it comes back with a flying counter on it uh just a fun little interaction very cool so if it has a flying counter on it Mm -hmm. and it has flying and then you put the colossus hammer on it does it just not have flying so with the colossus hammer and this is a thing that i've been like trying to like figure out how to explain to like my opponents without like getting too bogged down with details because with my i've got it in my uh right my sir quinn deck um and it's one of those things where equip it's the the timing of the equipment matters so like if it has flying and you give it the colossus hammer it doesn't have flying because it says but if you give it flying but if you give it after it already has the colossus hammer it gets flying again uh which is great. So it doesn't say that the creature can't fly. It just right. says if the creature does fly, it doesn't fly anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Speaking of flying. I was happy to send us off on that crazy tangent. Uh, Now I'm going to send it back to Andy to bring (laughs) us back on track. Speaking of flying, um, Elder Gargaroth is uh, uh, rotating at a standard. And I say that because every time I've played against this card, I forget that it has reach. Um, Elder Gargaroth is... uh, I Honestly, I kind of wish it was legendary. Because I want to build a deck around this. Uh, it's a three green green, so five mana, six, six. Creature Beast uh, from M21. Vigilance, Reach, Trample. My three favorite words. Uh, whenever it attacks or blocks, choose one. And then it's got a bulleted list of create a three, three green beast creature token. Uh, second one, you gain three life. Third one, you draw a card. So you choose one of those. Uh I've found that probably drawing a card is uh, the, a card. the one you're going for. Yes. Um, the three life doesn't matter too much unless you're very behind. Um, and then you're just kind of like, for some reason, blocking with your 6-6 six, six and still taking a lot of damage. Uh, and then the 3-3 three, three beast can help if you are if your creature count is something you're worrying about. Um but whenever it attacks or blocks, and it can do both in a turn cycle, at least once, um, it's beautiful. Uh, you're drawing plenty of cards. It's a big body. I mean, 6-6 six, six is nothing to scoff at. In the very least, it's convincing your opponents not to attack you. Um, and the fact that it's a 6-6 six, six that can block flyers is just... This card, I mean, everybody knows it's good. Um... And I just, I want to play more of it. I wish I could make it my commander. It's already got the elder, the elder part to its name. So. <laughs> elder, There's just a lot of yeah, them. That's yeah, yeah. Elder Gargaroth Highlander. Um, there's not much more I want to say about it because it's a very big, straightforward card. Right. Um, okay, so the, the next one I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is... Uh, I'm probably pulling it right off of Andy's list because honestly, this card is here solely because Andy plays with this card. Uh oh. The Magic Mirror. Oh, I don't have it on my list. All right. So the Magic Mirror is from Throne of Eldraine. It's a legendary artifact. Uh, it costs six blue, blue, blue. Now, the spell costs one less to cast for each instant or source instant and sorcery card in your graveyard. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you're only putting this in certain decks. And in those decks, this thing rocks. It also says you have no maximum hand size, which is cute, but not something you're going to pay. I got huge hands. Right. Great. But you paid nine mana for that. (laughs) At the beginning of your upkeep, put a knowledge counter on Magic Mirror. Oh, sorry. On the Magic Mirror, because it's the Magic Mirror. There is only one of them. This is a legendary legendary artifact. Uh, Then draw a card for each knowledge counter on the magic mirror so you play it you have no maximum hand size you played it for cheaper because you had cards in your graveyard and then as long as it sticks around until your upkeep you put a counter on it and you draw a card on your upkeep so you spent nine mana to draw a card a turn later right and then the next turn if it's still around you put another counter on it and draw two cards Mm -hmm. okay this thing is freaking awesome for a number of reasons. One, it, who's not playing prolif- proliferate with this? Of course you are. <laughs> Me. Uh, as soon as, well, but as soon as you get that first counter on it, right? 
you're going to start proliferating right away because the odds that this thing is going to stick around for any length of time are just aren't good because of how ugly it gets over a period of time. Now, mm -hmm. having said that, Andy, when was the last time somebody actually killed, actually destroyed this card? Uh, the last time I played it, honestly, um, I've yeah, seen it played. It yeah, I've seen it played twice, uh, like it, it in the same deck. Yeah, in person, I've seen it played right. twice. Um, first time I played it, uh, and then I think it didn't even make the full turn cycle, which was a little upsetting. Uh, <clears throat> and then the next time it got played was uh, Jesse was playing my deck, and I think it took him. I think he played it probably turn four, maybe. He had uh, filled played up his, enough spells. Yeah, he had played enough yeah. spells or filled up his graveyard enough to get it out pretty early, and it lasted him to the end of the game. Uh, I think he ended up with six or seven counters on it, which by that point, uh, it's about thirty cards ish um, drawn off of just that over a course right. of six or seven turns. Which is great for nine mana. Well, <laughs> and this is just it. The the people look at the casting cost of this, and even understanding that it costs less, they just can't get around the idea that spending nine mana so you can draw a card the next turn. Mm. I'm not going to pretend that this is that Jesse's experience with the card, where it sits there for 10, right. 10 plus turns is typical right. it is not this card is not going to last there's just no way at some point i mean it's going when, to draw when you the drop that third somebody, counter yeah. on it you're going to draw three cards and no one's going to do anything about this because when you're drawing that third it means you've already drawn two and one before right so you've gotten to six you've gotten and... to six six draws and realistically with the magic mirror you're playing ramp, you're pl and and you're playing instants and sorceries. Turn four is not. Uh, I think turn four is maybe a touch early, but yeah. I doubt it. I think even if you're playing if you're playing the instants and sorceries because you know that this is coming. Right. I I think this is this is realistic. I think even more than the nine mana casting cost, uh, the issue that I have with this card is that it's three blue. Like, it's blue, right. blue, blue, which yeah. uh, can be harder to fix early game um, than you'd think. I mean, maybe not you, but then I'd think. Uh, I've got this in my Galazeth Prismari deck, which turns out treasures like nobody's business. Um, right. Granted, in that deck, I have to actually sacrifice the... the, the treasures to make this card um but then i mean you're getting the value out because it's an artifact so in prismari you can tap it for mana by the time you have drawn your 30 ish cards on turn six of this right you've also drawn plenty of other cards through the other spells in your deck right i think the key to a card like the magic mirror mm -hmm. um is well, I've got some other cards. Well, I've got another card in particular that I want to talk about, but the key is... Not just yet. The key is... <laughs> give them multiple targets. Mm -hmm. 
give them another reason give them a reason to go after something else yeah it is amazing how how poor the threat assessment can be um when you've got when you've got another artifact that does say an artifact that can do four damage to any target yeah or magic mirror with three counters on it i mean we should all know that you take out the magic mirror yeah but that just doesn't happen yeah it doesn't happen and people will sit on their removal waiting for something that hurts them you drawing cards doesn't feel like it hurts them it's a mistake it will but it's amazing how many people do that so cards like magic mirror just sit there and honestly even if they don't you're probably paying four maybe five mana for this card and if you get to draw a card you paid five to draw a card and you forced removal out of their hand for the next thing you're going to play I mean, I'll take that. Yeah, I mean, like the like if you are using something else to to try to get their gaze somewhere else, um, like the thing is, is with this card, if you are just saying, all right, uh, untap, draw, and then you kind of like quietly just like add your counter and you draw your cards, nobody's noticing how many cards you have in hand. I mean, they are, but it, like it's becoming that pattern of like they're not noticing that you're like the difference between one two and three cards you're drawing at the beginning of the turn isn't hugely yeah. understandable People until don't you get blink to six about the number seven. of tokens on a card right until that until it like ticks up to three or four yeah and then it's like that's a lot what does that thing do again <laughs> oh it draws me cards oh for the number of oh the number of tokens oh well we need yeah. to deal with this um but it's a great little, great little card that I, uh, I love this card, and I feel whenever it hits play, for whatever reason, I perk up. Yeah, that, it's something that that draws my attention, and I'm like, okay. And I mean, the first time I thought, like, okay, what's that wall of text, and how bad is this going to be? Because it's a colored, you know, it's a blue artifact. Generally, if an artifact has color, I start to get worried because it means they. Generally, they made an effort. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is different. What's going on? And yeah. yeah. It, this and I mean, like, so, like, this card I feel is like the epitome of the idea of Commander, where it's yeah. like, oh, you've got these big, splashy, like, cool exactly. cards that do crazy things. Right. Uh, this card didn't get, see much play in. Oh, standard, this card right? would have seen almost no play in standard. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's nine mana. <laughs> even, even with the discount. Yeah. It's not going to come out until it's almost too late, and then it's either going to be destroyed or you'll get to draw one card. Right. Uh, it's just not worth um, it in a standard game. But in a commander game, especially commander games where you're playing with decks that are a little lower powered, where games run a little longer, cards like this can yeah. last and can draw you a lot of cards. Beautiful. Sandy, I think it's probably time we... Pack it up. We break out. <laughs> no way. I'm only halfway through. Oh! Uh, I was thinking now mm-hmm. is the time we should probably uh, send it out to our sponsor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be back after this, uh, this quick message. Mm. Thanks.
This episode of Temple of the False Pod is brought to you by The Great Henge. Because, hey, we're talking about every other colored artifact except for The Great Henge. The Great Henge. The greatest of henges. As if green didn't need more help with anything. Hey, hey! Ah, tripping. Good to see you again. Oh, sorry, I had to get some water. Hope uh, everything went uh, well. It's another co- colored artifact. Wishing well. Uh, there we go. But that one's also blue. <coughs> anyway. Um, All right. So we just talked about Embercleave. We talked about uh, we talked about the magic mirror. Didn't miss any of the colored artifacts <clears throat> at all. Not even one. Not even one. Um. Speaking of green, uh, my next uh, yeah. notable card is Garrick's Uprising. My god, that card. Uh, Garrick's Uprising is an enchantment for two and a green. Um, all your creatures get trampled. Um, so it's two and a green enchantment. When Garrick's Uprising enters the battlefield, if you control a creature with power four or greater, draw a card. If you're putting this out on curve, turn three, you probably don't. But... Draw it later. Great. Mm-hmm. Creatures you control have trample. Period. That alone for three mana on an enchantment is good enough to see play in my book. Uh, however, there's more. However, there's a third line of text. Whenever a creature with power four or greater enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. So, you don't even have to worry about playing it early because you're still getting the value of drawing cards off of it by playing those power four or greater uh, creatures right uh and the idea i mean the final line whenever a creature of the power four or greater enters the battlefield under your control draw a card we're playing green here people (laughs) i mean green makes tokens that big yeah and you can drop those things fairly quickly now if you're playing things like green and white i mean white's got all those those i mean i mean green does too but white has anthem effects yeah. Green has just plenty of lords. Um, right. It's easy to even just get like a 2-2 out that is 4 right. or greater. The nice part, it was funny, you mentioned the curve. Mm. And how if you played him on turn 3, it's unlikely you would get to draw a card because you probably don't have a creature a power 4 or greater on turn 3. Very true. However, if you play on turn 3, it means that the next creature, every single creature with a power 4 or greater that comes into play, you're going to get to draw a card. Yeah. So it's not like there's a downside to putting it down early. It's not like you want to say, oh, I want to wait until I get a four power creature before I play it because then I get to draw a card. Well, you're getting to draw that card either way. Mm. So if you if you can play it on yeah, curve, exactly. just play it. Yeah. There's there's no reason to hold it in hand. If you have you're it, getting the benefit. Yeah, if you have it with the open mana um, and it just... Just yeah. play it. Garrick's Uprising. Just play it. Um, I think the cool thing with this card, too, is that you're playing green. You're not going to be playing it on turn three earliest. You're going to be playing it on turn two earliest. You know, you you put down a forest. You put down a elf of some kind. A druid of some kind. Turn two, you put down another forest. You got Garrick's Uprising already. Uh, it's great. You can get it out early. You can get it out late. Late game, you'll obviously be playing big creatures. And, right. 
Uh, it's also not casting big creatures. It's any big creature. So if you're creating tokens out of whatever token generator you have, um, whether it's a Planeswalker or uh, Rampaging Velos, every time you play a land, right. you draw a card. Yeah. Um, play a land, get a 4-4 creature. That tramples and draw a card. Yeah. Um, the only thing you're missing right now is haste. I find that, uh, yeah, I find that the trample alone is more more worth than anything. Yeah. For, like, solely. If that was the sole line of text on this <clears throat> uncommon card, um, on an enchantment, it's hard, it's hard to deal yep. with. And it's just a static ability. Right. Uh, I find more than anything, the thing that's keeping me from attacking at any given point in a game of commander is the fact that i can't get my 8-8 whatever through because it doesn't have trample now real quick Mm -hmm. uh for those of you who are playing 60 card casual this is not legendary Mm -hmm. uh you can play multiple copies so (laughs) now every time your 4-4 creature comes into play you're drawing two cards sure your creatures have trample trample but you get to double up that draw so it's mighty fine Oh yeah. Can I talk about my 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 favorite, my most my the the first this was the first card I thought of when we were when we decided to do this. I'm gonna go jump right into it in the middle, just in the middle. I'm not ending with this. We're gonna go with this right now. Good, do it. Say it. Bruce. The Ozolith. Oh my god. The Ozolith. This card is outrageous. One mana for a legendary artifact. When a creature you control leaves the battlefield. If it had counters on it, that's right. If it had flying counters on it, hmm. if it had plus one, plus one counters on it, whatever counters it had on it, those counters, put those counters on the Ozolith. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if the Ozolith has counters on it, you may move all counters from the Ozolith onto target creature. Now, so if you're running the, the uh, if you're running the brood, the, yeah, the brood moth, mm-hmm. and you get five flying counters on this thing. You can't pick and choose to put one on each creature as they as they you know at the beginning of combat. They all have to go on one creature, uh, or on yeah onto one target creature. But this is just outstanding. There are so many decks where you you're working hard to build up plus one plus one counters on your creatures, and a wrath wipes your board. This card takes um, oh, Cathar's Crusade and makes it uh, impervious mm. to, to, to a Wrath. All those plus one, plus one counters get poured onto the Ozolith, and then you just immediately put out another creature, and now that one creature is ridiculous. Oh, yeah, definitely. And this does say counters, not plus one, plus one counters. So... If you're running any other any cards from Akoria, trample trample tokens, flying tokens, uh, vigilance tokens, counters any for yeah any or oh, sorry any any counters, it's just there. Are, it, all of that goes. It all moves. Now, yes, this also means that um, uh, you're going to have times when you're moving minus one minus one counters onto a creature. It's bound <laughs> to happen. Something it, it will work out that way. But 
there are so many decks yeah, I mean, where this is good. Yeah. And uh, and I'm not going to pretend that, uh, you know, that you're going to see a price drop right now. You're not. Uh, command, this is not a secret. Commander players know about this card. It's already over $15. It's not going and, and it's not coming down anytime soon. This thing will get a reprint. It might dip a little, but yeah. it's... It's, this is just good. Yeah, with the fact that it's a legendary artifact yeah. called the Ozolith, the chances of, of us getting a reprint are either we <clears> have to return to Akoria, which is unlikely, right? Uh, or it's going to get the Fable Passage <laughs> treatment where it goes into a core set or a master set. Or, right, and that's where it's um, going to end up. Yeah. and Or it'll show up in... In one of the oh, like one a commander of the, product. Yeah, in a commander product. Mm. Um, I can definitely see it showing up in a commander legends or something along that line. I've got four of them, and I think I should get four more because it just belongs in so many decks. Yeah, and it's one mana. Well, that's just it. It's one mana. You can drop it early and just let it sit in the corner. And for those players who like uh, tutoring for artifacts, it's generally like CMC two or less. Like right. This, you can get this. You can get this so easily. Right. Um, yeah, it's... I love it. Andy? Um, my my next card was going to also be a one-mana artifact, but Go plenty of it. people know this. Uh, it's Shadow Spear. It's a one-mana equipment uh, that costs way too much money right now, and I can't wait for a reprint because it's so good. So, Andy, I will say... Yeah. Shadow Spear was one of the last cuts on my list. It's so we were close. It's very good. Um, it's been it was printed in Theros Beyond Death. It's a one mana equipment, legendary artifact, equipped for two, just two. Yeah. Equipped creature gets plus one plus one. Sure, whatever. Trample and Life Link, amazing. For uh, one mana, activated ability. Permanence, your opponent's control, lose hexproof and indestructible till end of turn. Now, flavor wise, brilliant. Kills gods, <clears throat> literally. Yeah. Uh, so many people run out indestructible creatures or things that give your creatures indestructible solely because so many people play wraths. Right. You tack on one mana to your wrath and. It kills indestructible things as well. It's brilliant. Uh, some notable things with this. You don't have to have it equipped to anything to activate that ability. And you can do it as many times as you want. So, And it's funny It's funny you should mention this, this particular mm -hmm. card. One of the other cards I was looking at was Heroic Intervention. It's also rotating out. Mm. Heroic Intervention is one of the reasons you play Shadow Sphere. Uh, because heroic intervention, it's an instant. It gives your creatures, it makes your creatures indestructible and gives them hexproof. So it stops your opponents from doing things to kill them. Mm. So, so you can let them play that, and then literally activate you can it again. Activate it, and now they don't have it anymore. It's, he just threw the card away, and it's just for it's one delightful. mana. It's nuts. Yes. Um, I keep saying one so many times because it's a one mana artifact mm -hmm. and the one mana activation is it's just it's so good. Right, and it's it, it's another way to make sure your wrath really does wrath. Yeah. 
Um, the other great thing about this is that it's a color, uh, sorry, it's a colorless artifact that gives trample for at most three mana. Right. Um, three mana trample. It's it's a theme apparently. Uh, it's just like giving anything trample. It's it, it needs to show up more. Um, yes. I I love that this card simply for that. I've won games because of it. Um, and I'm looking forward to eventually acquiring this piece of tech. Um, Someday. Um, let's do a quick lightning round. I don't know how many cards you have left, but, um, let's do a quick lightning round with some honorable mentions, uh, because, like I said, these past four sets have been super powerful. Um, sure. I think uh, there are a lot of cards out there that uh, saw a lot of play, so a lot of people know them. We've got cards uh, like Heartless Act. It's, it's great. Check it out. Two mana, black, removal. I'll jump in here. Brash Taunter. Mm. Uh, don't be deterred. I know it's five mana for a 1-1. One, one. He's destroying shit. Oh, absolutely. Like, all over the place. He's miserable to play against. He's really difficult to get rid of. The card is just great. It does so many things in the right decks. Yeah. And adding to that, uh, he's indestructible, so he will be around the next time or your next turn so that you can finally activate him for four. Right. Four, three. 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 You can finally activate him for three. Um, the next one I've got, Rankle, Master of Planes. Mm. Uh this card is here mostly because I have it. Uh, played it in in my Grenzo deck and discovered just how good this card is. It is so good. Unlike Elder Gargaroth, the three options here, one, you can do all of them, and two, there are times when you actually want to do all of them. Like, oh, absolutely. Like realistic. Right? I mean, sure, the Elder Gargaroth, I'm sure there are times when you want to gain the three life, but mm, you're going to want to draw the card. <laughs> yeah. Rankle it either each player discards, each player draws and loses a life, or each player sacks a creature, and you can do any any combination of those. It already has flying and haste, so it does so many things and does them over and over again. And I played with it for a little while, loved it, and went out and picked up more. Mm. So um, I encourage all of you to do the same. Rankle Master of Pranks, I mean, a black flying creature... It's very handy. It fits in so many in so many decks and fills a lot of holes. My final uh, honorable mentions: Shark Typhoon. Uh, this card saw a lot of play in Standard, which was nuts because, like, it's it's a commander card. Uh, five in a blue enchantment. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell in blue, how many times are you going to do that? All the time. Create an XX blue shark creature token with flying. It's a shark that flies. XX, where X is the spell's converted mana cost. Uh, How big is the shark? XX. So it's just the, it's oh, the okay. mana value. So if you spent two... You get a 2-2 two, two flying. Okay. And it's an enchantment, so it does it as long as you have the enchantment. Nice. Second line of text. Cycling. X, one, blue. So Nice. Uh, yeah. So when it's not the right time. If, you, if you're like, oh, I don't have six mana, no. but it's in my hand, throw it away. Yep. Uh, when you cycle Shark Typhoon, 
create an XX blue shark creature token with flying. So you get to essentially make the shark as big as you want for only once, right. but you get to draw off of it as and well. And then you draw as well. Uh, nice. Great thing to note about this too, X can be zero. For two mana, you throw this card away to draw another one. Uh, for casual 60, that's great because you, yeah. you can have up to four in your deck. Yep. Love this card. My last one, mm. uh, Dryad of the Elysian Grove. Yeah! Uh, Our little sexy boy. You bet. For three mana, you get a 2-4 creature. Uh, it's an enchantment creature. Nymph, uh, you may play an additional land on each of your turns. This is not everybody. This is you. Mm. Most of the time when you see this, everybody gets the benefit. Uh, no, this time you get the benefit. And lands you control are every basic land type in addition to their other types. So I just finished telling you, at the start of the show, buy real estate. This card says you should buy real estate, but you don't really have to. Mm. Um, while Bruce goes and gets the door, I'm going to talk about my very last card. My last, my last uh, card has seen a fall from grace. I feel like this card, when it was first released, was mucho expensive. It's, uh, it's, it's had like a nice. Nice ramp down. Uh, it's Stone Coil Serpent. It's an artifact creature snake. Uh, X. Just pay X. It's a zero zero. Reach, trample, protection from multicolored. Stone Coil Serpent enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. The the uh, what's it called? The the keyword soup on this thing is exactly what you want it to be. Reach. Nobody's gonna remember that the snake has reach. Uh, protection from multicolored you can you can get right past anybody's commander uh, you're going to attack with it because it also has trample you get to build it up as much as you want whenever you play it in the in the game you can have a turn one 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 with trample uh, and if you have ways to put counters on it great uh, or you can have a turn seven uh, like 12-12 with Trample, that, can't, that I mean, is hard to remove. It's, it's, uh... All right, well. Do you have any more? Nope. All right, I think we're going to wrap this boy up, uh, just like we wrapped up Standard. Sure. Uh, anyway, uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you uh, so much for all of your listening viewership over the past four seasons. Uh, very excited to share with you season five. Very excited. Five. Yeah. That's a good number. Yeah, crazy. It's been it's been almost or no, it's been over a year. Or it's been almost a year. Close to. We're getting there. Yeah. I've got that list somewhere, I'm sure. Uh yeah. In a couple episodes we'll have been one year. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We're Temple of False Pod where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. We're gonna go play some magic. Yay. Have a great night. May your fifth land be the temple. Bye! Wait, wait. Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepod.com mtg at gmail.com or on twitter at falsepodmtg 
Bruce is at Mana Burned, and I'm at Andy Weekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fitland be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!